0: Beer. Hey Kayla Hi Hi
1: <laughs> Welcome to Fill in the Blank Podcast um Point. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week here at Fill in the Blank Podcast. Hello, Ayana. Hi, dude. How are we feeling today? I'm great. How are you? We're great. I All great, back. because we're back in our guest space, mm-hmm. and that means that we have a very special guest, somebody that has supported mm-hmm. us literally since we have started literally. the podcast, and we just feel very Honored to have her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let Ayana do the, the introduction because she has brought oh, she this lovely woman into our life. And yes, I want her I to did. introduce her. It was all me. She's been supporting
0: me before even yes. the podcast existed. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we have lovely Miss Carice. Yes, hi, ladies. She's a mental health professional. Yes. Well, shoot, honestly, you say all your hats because yes, you a have a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of hats. <laughs> I feel
2: like it's a lot to unpack. But it is. Uh, likewise, like I'm just so glad and grateful that we connected. I mean, we Mm kind of had a connection um, as soon as we you know linked up and had ayana on my podcast and i'm so grateful to be here thank you so much um yeah so that is a lot to unpack i I wear different hats so uh first and foremost i'm a licensed clinical social worker what that pretty much means is i'm a therapist Mm -hmm. um i also am a podcaster just like you guys so yes i am always going to be there to support you guys Wait, what's the name of your podcast diary of an empath Mm -hmm. if you don't know now you know (laughs) now you know yeah so i'm definitely you're number one supporter with that. Yeah. And I think overall my, my mission and my goal is just to help people as much as possible. I'm, I'm a healer and that's kind of what I'm here to do. And this is
0: why you are here because you are so uh, what you are so aligned with us. Um, even, okay. So uh, as she mentioned, we've, I was on her podcast before. She's the only podcast that I've talked about my divorce with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was I mean, a lot of people reached out to me to to ask, like, hey, do you want to do an interview? And Carice was the only person that I felt not only comfortable with, Mm -hmm. but safe with. Mm -hmm. And so I was like... This is the winner. This is the only one I'm going to do and anything outside of that is just going to be my
2: podcast. Um so that's how I met Grace. <laughs> Wait, mm. did you reach out to me? I did. And I think, you know, I think it just aligned well because originally I reached out to you before anything about the divorce mm. was announced. So mm. this was prior to that. And then I remember when I heard about it, my first thought was let me make sure that she's comfortable with it because if you didn't want to talk about it, I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah. So my first thought was like let me just make sure that you're safe, that you're comfortable because I don't want you to talk about anything that you're not comfortable speaking with. But if you wanted a platform to be safe and be vulnerable, that's kind of like – I just want to pride myself and I know you guys align with that. I'm being, you know, very empathetic to yeah. the guests that come on yeah. because at the end of the day, you know, we're human. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of platforms that can easily go off track with that just for the likes and the numbers and the comments. Man. And when you start doing stuff that doesn't align with who you are mm-hmm. with your purpose, that's kind of what you attract. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be attracting that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really grateful that, you know, you felt safe enough and yeah. that's like a huge compliment because yeah. I just am so grateful that you even came on my platform to do that. And I'm just even happier that you felt safe doing so.
0: Yeah, I I think it was the way that you did bring it to present it to me. Like, hey, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can. um, And this is a safe space. And when you said it, I, I felt it. I was like, okay. I felt like you went through enough already. Uh, that, that was man. my thing. It's like, you're you know, like being a on a reality TV Shoot.
2: show, I know that there's there's pressure. Mm. Um, I haven't been through that, but I can only imagine. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to create another space for you to feel pressure again. Yeah. Like, you already went through enough. And yeah. then you're going through, like, another uh, situation where there's kind of, like, some drama involved. And everyone kind of wants to take, 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 take. Yeah. Let me get a little piece of you. Let me get a little piece of, yeah. you know, the drama. And I, I just didn't want to create a space like I, that.
0: I remember... Um, During our interview where you simply just asked, how are you? Mm -hmm. And I was like,
2: Mm -hmm. no
0: one hasn't asked me that. Mm -hmm. Like no one, no interviewers, no one. No one's asked like, are you good?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like we don't get asked that question enough. And when we do,
2: we're not always honest.
1: Right. (laughs) But I was going to say it made me think that. It was the intention of how you act, how are you because people will Literally. very you know often just be like oh how are you you know like very quick but when people like sit and they actually look at you like no like how are you mm-hmm. like it's the way that you say it to like let someone know that you genuinely care about how they're doing and to get them to be in a space that they can. Openly answer it with intention, you know. Yeah. Instead of just being like, "Yeah, I'm good." Yeah. Yeah. Divorces and relationships are hard
2: as it is, but then you're doing it in a public platform. Mm -hmm. That's like a whole other layer of stress. On that, I I was
0: getting my ass beat, man. (laughs) It was just (laughs) for the
2: public to watch too, and still watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and they and you know, it's I think people feel like they have a level of investment and a level of entitlement because mm-hmm. they've invested in watching the story mm-hmm. unfold. And to a point, I'm like, I can understand why people would want to know, but on the other hand, you're still entitled to privacy. You're still entitled to share what you want to share. I agree. Yeah. I think people forget that, like,
0: yes, I I signed up to be on a reality TV show. I signed up for love. Should have mm-hmm. did it for money. I'm just playing. Um, but I signed up for love. Um, and what I showed on the TV show is what I'm open to show. Anything outside of that, you're not entitled to. Yeah. Um, but people feel like they know me, which mm-hmm. I get. I understand. But they forget that, like, they don't actually know me. I'm technically a stranger to you. And you wouldn't just walk up to some random shit and be like, hey, so uh, mm-hmm. how's it been since your divorce? Mm-hmm. Like.
2: I will say too, though, t- on, on the other flip of the coin, yeah. I think you're so relatable to yeah. so many people and you're naturally like what you see is what you get. And yeah. I, I can say from meeting you in person, mm-hmm. from, you know, talking to you, you are who you are yeah. and unapologetically you. And I think people are attracted to that. Yeah. And I, so on that flip of the coin to like, you know, from a positive note, I think people feel like they know you. So they want to know more of what's going on. I
0: agree, which is yeah. why I give people the grace, um, of course, there are people who are just plain rude, mm-hmm. um, but for most people, I give them the grace. Um, I was just talking about that today at work because I'm I'm going through this thing where I'm trying to find some form of an accommodation because people are crossing my work boundaries and, like, trying to talk about my personal business in front of, like... And mm-hmm. it's just it's just too much for me. Like at least work. I'm like boundaries, please. Yeah. Boundaries are um, important. But I was talking about. I was like, God darn it! Like, why do I have to be so approachable? <laughs> like yeah. so approachable. But mm-hmm. it's a, it's okay.
2: It's a gift and a curse. Like it's you, a gift you're and a curse. empathic, and it's pe- a it's, gift and a curse. It's gonna serve you well in yeah. so many capacities. I can relate. I'm the same way. But boundaries are. It's it's a skill set
1: that you got to continuously yeah. work on yeah yeah no yeah. oh, for sure it for sure but i'm especially not especially when you want to help people and yeah. be there mm-hmm. and then like we often talk about being like people pleasers yeah. and so that makes it even harder to kind of put is your crazy. foot down because there is
0: an element where i want especially people who follow the podcast i want people to be able to come up to me and be like hi oh, my god like i love listening to your podcast you guys have been so helpful all that stuff um It's
2: just when it comes to stuff with the show. Yeah, it's hard, too, because I think that, like, as empaths, we were talking about this earlier, how when we're kind of naturally people pleasers and we are really empathetic towards Mm -hmm. other people – I think sometimes we can sometimes attract people who need to be healed. And oh. then sometimes we think we can be the one to fix them. For sure. The time. Wait, wait, wait. Because I feel like <laughs> we're gonna get into the
0: topic. We're not ready for that yet. First I wanna do feelings forecast. Oh, okay. Because I have some news to share. You have some some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm, yeah. What's going on with you,
1: Kayla? grad school I mean like, <laughs> Kayla's
0: like same old same old that's still my life the trenches. I'm,
1: I'm in school then I'm, I'm in I hate it here and the trenches. Yes, I'm told not to complain so I'm gonna shut up now go ahead
0: uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah I forgot you can't complain this month right but you should so be able to you need to
1: find they no, told me that, that Not Kayla. to stop
0: not Kayla not Kayla Kayla overindulges when it comes to complaining it's it mm. has
1: become a part it's of my personality <laughs> so that's that's the bad part like I I think that it's a it's a part of like the way that I joke about things, but also at the same time, it's just like it's a little much like (laughs) I need to be more intentional about how I'm speaking. And so I think that it is a little bit of overindulgence and me taking it too far sometimes and just constantly like joking and complaining about stuff but there's also truth behind it too mm-hmm. so it's like we're trying to work on the positivity <sighs> okay yeah. yeah it's the okay. positivity it's like vet by all
0: means mm-hmm. but like also change your outlook just yeah. a little
2: bit okay we're, yeah.
0: we're rewording we're things rewording and rewiring things. yes you see
1: you see <laughs> so i'm in grad school but i'm almost done positivity there you
0: go <laughs> i love that for you uh
1: what's been going on with me did i update last time on my vagina You did. Okay. You did. I mean, well, no, I don't know if you shared about the catheter being taken out. I did, because we
0: filmed on taking out, though. I did. Okay. Well, I still can't wear jeans. I mean, technically, I feel like I can, but I'm I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. And I keep looking at my hoo-ha in the mirror. Yeah. Make sure everything's okay. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) I have had so many times that I've FaceTimed Diana and- I can Wait, tell what are you looking at? I'm a FaceTime. <laughs> her face, but I okay. know the setup of her apartment. And so Is I can tell she's on the floor the in front of the mirror. And I'm like... Are you on the floor looking at your vagina? Yes, and she's like yes, yes, yes I, I am. am. That's, fr- that's friendship. Yes, I yeah. am.
0: She's seen. She saw it. I, hey, she saw. That's I will. I'm it. not gonna lie. I'm so fascinated with showing people. I'm like, do you want to see? Do you really want to see? Because it was crazy. No, it hey. was
1: crazy. I'm it had so a life sorry. of its own. Oh, it is. It is etched into my memory. I cannot
2: you can't eye on
1: vagina out of my mind <laughs> it's just
2: there there's a lot of guys that are probably gonna listen to this now and be like like hey. you don't want to see that <laughs>
1: you do not want to see that it was bad it was bad Aww. but
0: but the end of my health issues are done yeah good that's hopefully
1: something. forever yes yeah that's what we're speaking over yeah, we'll but never other than be. that other than that my week's been great that's great
0: sunshine and rainbows i love that i know i love that too
1: Okay. Well, how's your week been? <laughs> oh
2: man. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, it's, it's been a little chaotic for me. So I had surgery two weeks ago and um, this journey kind of started a couple months ago and I just. Had this strong intuitive feeling that something wasn't right in my body. Because you know. I know. And, you know, I was really bloated. I was getting like weird uterine pressure, Mm. but I also have an IUD. So I'm like, oh, it could be the IUD, but something just kept telling me, circling back, something's off, something's Mm. off. And I had a feeling it was my ovaries. Mm. I don't know why. I just had a feeling. I just knew. That yeah. I, I just kept seeing things on TV, and then I'm like, I, I would get this weird pressure, and I'm like, something's off, and yeah. I feel like it's ovarian or something going on in mm-hmm. that area. And so I had to push for my doctors to get an ultrasound because they didn't want to give they me one. Not, they do not. They don't, don't do offer that.
1: those up. very They, they easily. are like,
2: you're 37. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you're not really at high risk. And I'm like, actually, ovarian cancer runs in my family. And they're like, yeah, but you know, unless you're having like some really, really strong pains, we don't really see it necessary. And finally That's the issue. They it's like why does it have late? to get to that point? It, it's in like medical gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like because as women we're kind of taught to well you're supposed to endure pain giving childbirth and yeah, period, so they kind of expect that. it from us. Yeah. So when I finally pushed for it and we did it, they found a mass on my ovary wow. and um, we ended up scheduling the surgery because it was a solid mass mm-hmm. and they did the surgery and they couldn't save my ovary so they took the ovary, they took the fallopian tube and they took the mass out. Oh, yeah. They took all. They took all of it. Wow. Oh wow. Because once it gets to a certain size, it's just going to create it's either going to get bigger. Yeah. And then they said it could turn into cancer later. I said then take it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, take, take it. it take it out. Yeah. So that was 2 weeks ago. So I'm still kind of like recovering. I feel like my body goes through trauma like anything surgical and I'm just mm. I just need time to recover. I and mean, it's
0: a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. And you were put under, oh, you said, lab, did they put you under Oh, like, yeah, it's general
2: anesthesia. Oh, but right. I almost wanted to be like, I told you so. Like, yeah. you should, like, you got to listen to I would it. Like, have you said, have to I would have said, to to I told you so. And, and like, like I said. It's, what's crazy is here's the thing that got me the most is that even they replaced my IUD because I was already under, right? And here's what I found out that really blew my mind is that women tech usually don't get any type of pain meds for IUD insertion and for some women out. yeah i passed out too it's very it's very very intense with pain mm. for some women i found out from my gyn that at least where I go to, that if you request to be sedated, they can sedate you. But typically, they don't tell you that. It's like the expectation that we're supposed to deal with those types of things, and it's just normal and. And natural. that's why that's I was horrible.
0: terrified to go to the ER because I saw a lot of women in my comments. There's a there's a pro and con to sharing on social media, mm-hmm. but a lot of women in my comments were saying like, "I didn't have any anesthesia when they cut me open," and I was like.
2: <laughs> and
0: I probably should have gone to the ER on like Saturday or Sunday. And I didn't go until I don't know, Monday, it was, Tuesday. It was like Tuesday. Wow. It was yeah. bad. And at that point it was really bad. I couldn't mm-hmm. stand longer
2: than 30 seconds. Yeah. Wow. It was like really bad.
0: Um, but yeah.
2: That's crazy. Well, Mm. I feel like women are gaslit, but in particular, women of color are gaslit even more. Yeah, and so like even if you look at the stats, I can't remember. I was looking it up, and I want to say it's like thirty four percent of women are gaslit in the community or given less pain meds than you know their white counterparts Mm. or male counterparts, and then women of color even more so. Yeah, and so it's it's really a phenomenon that needs to change Mm. because. Their expectation is that we can deal with the pain or that we should be dealing with the pain. But yeah. if, if it was a guy that came in to the ED yeah. with a cyst on his penis, I'm right. sure they would have knocked him out or something, yeah. you know. And unfortunately, I feel like women have to deal with that even more.
1: I think it's also an ageism thing, too, because mm-hmm. I feel like being young, like if you're younger, then they – also, kind of like you said, like they'll brush it away, like, oh, well, you're this age and you're not really at risk for X, Y, and Z. It's not yeah. typical that you would experience those kind of things at that age. And so you end up with people who end up like, it makes me think about, like, kind of what happened with my mom. Like, mm-hmm. that was her story of how she ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. It's because she was going to the doctor trying to get medical attention for what was going on with her. And they kept misdiagnosing her because she had colon cancer really so sorry. early on. That's and so they didn't, they're like, oh, it's typically in people that are 50 or older. So they would not run the test on her wow. for her to receive the medical attention. So that when they found it, she was at stage four already. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: I, ha- I follow I a girl, that. her name's Coco Beauty, and um, she went through something very similar like a couple weeks before me, and she was posting about it. What I found interesting is she's from Croatia, mm-hmm. so when she goes back home, I said, how did you find the cyst? And I'm like, oh, it was like my annual pelvic ultrasound. I'm like, wait a minute. You guys do ultrasounds annually, and you're only 30? She's like, yeah, that's normal. I'm like, here it's not.
0: I've never gotten an ultrasound, You no. don't Not
2: unless there's a problem yeah. or you're at a certain age. Yeah. Other than that, it's not something that's really done here in the U.S., Money. Yes. It's the money. I yeah. agree.
1: It's the money. And I that's agree. really sad that that's what's put over people's well-being. People. Mm-hmm. We prioritize that.
0: People yeah. overseas think it's wild the way our health insurance works. I agree. I it agree. is wild. It is wild. It, it, I, it yeah. is wild. I, t- I, t- I want to quit my job so bad. And the one thing that's holding me back is the
2: fact that I would have to pay my own mm-hmm. health insurance. And it's expensive. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. Did you know that this is what I found out? And I don't know how true this is, but this is just what I was being told. That when you get a breast mammogram, Mm. if you have dense breast tissue, which essentially means it's like looking for cancer in a dark cloud, Mm. you should be getting a sonogram if you have dense breast tissue. But there are some states where they are not required to tell you that you have dense breast tissue. Therefore, you would not be getting the sonogram, and therefore, cancer could be missed. Yeah. And so to me, that's wild. That's wild. If that's I did the case. not know
1: that. That's wild. Yes. This is America. Because I right. only
2: found out because they told me you have dense breast tissue, so we need to get a, a sonogram. And it wasn't until I got the sonogram that they found the lump in my breast. Wow! And then I got the biopsy, which was n- benign, thank God. But my mammogram was normal. That's what? crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. So women's health in this country, I think, is is a huge it's, problem. It's, it's pretty, a it's huge pretty issue. bad.
0: I mean, even when you talk down to like childbirth and and how many women actually pass away through childbirth through mm. childbirth yeah we're in modern age right now yes. yeah it's wild. that
2: shouldn't even be a problem at this point it's
0: wild yeah
2: yeah i oh. would love to have another kid but i don't want to get i don't want to go through the pregnancy i'm terrified i'm terrified again. Of, I don't of, want to of pregnancy
0: <laughs> of childbirth i feel like i feel like i'd i'd be a soldier and try to like you know Mm. (laughs) But even still, just the thought of it is terrifying, especially the medical aspect where they're probably not giving you the information that you need. They're not treating you properly. And I'm a black woman. I It's hard on the body. Yeah. It is.
2: I mean, I have one. And I'm good with her. And she's, you know, she's 14. So it's like, it's easy. I don't have to, yeah. I don't got to worry about my sleep anymore. Right. But I couldn't picture her having another one. But don't get me wrong. Being a mother's great. But yeah. like, you know, even going through, like, I've had miscarriages. Mm-hmm. I've gone through all that. And when you go through these feminine issues, it's like, I just don't want to be touched anymore. Yeah. Like, You're
1: like, leave me alone. I'm so scared to have sex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. I'm sorry. I just want to say, I am so scared to have sex now. Um, I just don't know what's going to happen.
2: You yeah. got to take your time. It's like, yeah. what
0: if this thing comes
2: back? Yeah. I mean, you I can always try on your own first. And, I will be trying. I wanted to do that. I was like, it's yeah. been weeks. Yep. But then I was like, but weeks, this incision girl, is still. it's been <gasps> you, you don't even want to know on this side. It's been so long. No. <laughs> years. Oh, it's been, it's, it's been a while. Oh. It's been a while. I've been single for even longer, but yeah. that has been a long time. Or first of all, it's Orlando. It's like the bottom of oh, the barrel when it comes to. Yeah. And I thought Chicago the, was bad. I'm pretty no, sure Orlando. I, is I can imagine bad. Orlando being <laughs> sure. way Orlando's worse. It is the bottom of the barrel, and even just like trying to find a connection, even an attraction, is yeah. just non-existent there. Yeah. I hate speaking that into the universe, but relation. I, I want a man. Like I'm ready for a relationship. Right, and I cannot even find a date.
0: Have you thought wow. about moving?
2: Oh, man. So I used to live here. I was actually born and raised in Chicago, but yeah. I left when I was 14. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine coming back. And I love living in Florida. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's a good place to live. It's mm. just not a good place to date. I don't maybe. know. Maybe when my daughter gets into college or something. Is there or- any
1: other state that you would look at to mm. consider moving to? California. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah.
2: Not L.A., though. Okay. Okay. I was like, really? Mm-mm. Yeah. It's the weather.
1: That's so oh nice my Southeast. God, it's so like nice. it's paradise. After living in Orlando, I could never imagine coming mm-hmm. to live in cold Chicago. Yeah. Are, Are you kidding come back? me? I mean, no.
0: uh, growing up in the South, uh, and then moving to like Boston or something was a lot for
2: me. And I was like, "Why would anyone do this? In <laughs> the city's too much. It. It's, it, it is it's a lot. too much energy for me. What? It's a lot. I need my peace. I need it's my nature. I need you know because yeah. like I'm an empath. I have to have nature. like nature. That's what
0: mm. I said. I need and it. if you look around, there's no nature here. There's no. no place nearby to go hiking. You have to go to another state. Yeah, that's
1: crazy to
2: me. Yeah. My biggest thing
1: is water. Like. Yes. Yeah. I I need water. Oh, I feel of I feel very at peace just being next to water, being on the water. Yeah, that's like the only thing that I need. I've never been the type of person though, which is really funny to feel at peace in nature because I can't do bugs. <laughs> so if I see a bug fly, this piece over. Like this is bad. I, I would love with. to see you
0: just like camping or something because I feel like that that would be pure comedy. That would be comedy. It would be horrible. <laughs> First of all, if she had to wipe her ass with anything other than <gasps> oh, tissue, oh, I, would, forbid, I would. God forbid. I would purposely hide the tissue. I would like <laughs> I dig I would a hole for and you. Leave. Like there you go, Kayla. No. I would just oh god, I'd I'd go hop in her. the car
1: and be. I would love to see Gone.
2: that. I when I was in the Marine Corps, like sometimes we had no choice because we would be out training. In like the woods, and I've had my fair share of having to take You a shit can't in the go woods. like, can I do a potty break? They I don't mean, let you. Sometimes, yeah, you can, but I mean you have to get in where you can fit in. So sometimes if you got five minutes, you got five minutes. <laughs> oh my god. I've been in the woods. To, oh, it's the worst. It was the worst. <laughs> what? Let, let's just say, like, that was I would never go back in. Thank God yeah. I'm, I'm
1: out. <laughs> You're like, thank God, that's over. It's mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay.
0: Well, let's let's transition now into the topic. Because we were I like this little combo. No, it was I like good. This, it's I love great. this little combo. Yes. Okay, where do I even want to
2: start? So, you're a mental health professional. Yes. What made you want to do that? So, I was in the Marine Corps, and yeah. I I saw a lot of people that I served with deal with like major mm. mental health problems. And I actually oh, never maybe. knew anybody in my life like I never dealt with grief, and mm. I, ne- I never knew anyone who died until I was in the military, mm. and I lost more people that were friends to suicide than anything else Mm -hmm. it was crazy you know and so when i started Mm -hmm. to see that after i got out i'm like you know i really want to do something that is going to be able to help people in some way and i had an interest in psychology and i became a social worker more so because i knew that there was going to be lots of different options i didn't know what population Mm -hmm. i was going to work with and i ended up working with vets but i think as time went on we were speaking a little bit before the show on like, you know, purpose and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like, where do I go from here? I thought I knew what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm going to be a therapist. That's all I want to do. And then it's funny how life kind of takes you down different paths. And then I started to question my entire career, like, do I want to keep doing this? Because I feel like I'm not making a big enough difference, Yeah. you know? And then when I got into my spiritual work and, and my own spiritual awakening, I started seeing how the component of my background as a therapist and then adding in the spiritual component of my spiritual work, I was seeing these people that were transforming their lives mm. and having years and years of trauma. And now all of a sudden for the first time, they're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I started thinking like, I think this is what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. And, I always liked speaking to people. And so when I started my podcast and I would get messages like, oh, this episode helped me leave my abusive narcissist relationship, or this episode helped me realize that I need to change stuff about myself. So I don't make the same choices in relationships. Now, mind you, I've made these choices. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not exempt from this. Like I think that
0: makes you the best teacher. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and I'm still learning, too. Like, I always tell, like, my clients, my listeners, like, listen, there are times when I have to check myself. Yeah. So you going through this, I think my biggest takeaway is, like, you're not alone. Yeah. things kind of like just naturally started aligning once I got onto the path that I'm like, okay, I think this is part of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that's kind of led me to where I'm at now.
1: Yeah. yeah. I have a question for you because um, something that is interesting is that we're both empaths and you're in mental health. What is What does it look like for you to not carry the emotions mm. of what people are sharing with you because I've done a pretty good job at it. I feel like though so far, but I have one student just recently that really triggered me. And I don't know, maybe it was because it, I normally work with a lot of young women and this was the first time I was working with a, a boy and to see him emotional it really like impacted me and i was shocked i'm like oh my gosh like i was just singing I've been my doing own so good. yeah i was singing my own praises and telling everyone cuz everyone's like okay oh, Kayla, you're so sensitive i can't believe that you can even like do this without bursting into tears mm-hmm. but it was something about him that like the rest of the day i had to just like stop because i had to shed his emotions that carried Mm -hmm. over onto me and so i just really wonder about that like what does that look like when you are an empath Mm -hmm. and then you're trying not to carry the emotions of the clients that you're
2: working with that's a great question i don't think there's like one good answer for that what i can say is that number one it's a beautiful thing of being an empath because you are able to understand the emotions of others where other people, they may be able to sympathize with mm-hmm. it, but they may not fully be able to understand. And when you have that type of understanding, you you realize what you can do more so to help that person and you have a desire to help that person. With that being said, you're also human, mm-hmm. right? So there's nothing wrong with having those emotions. I think a lot of people are told like, oh, you're too sensitive or you're this or you're that. And I say that it's a, it's a gift to be so sensitive. Sensitive. It is. You just have to learn tools to put in your toolbox in order to be able to cope with those emotions when they come up and mm-hmm. to understand sometimes it's not your feelings that you're feeling. hmm Sometimes it is the emotions of others. So now what can I do if I know that this is going to be a day that is going to be some heavy shit or mm-hmm. this is going to be a day that like I really am feeling like super low, then you just need to know like, okay, what do I feel good with? What helps me to recharge? Whether that's, you know, taking time to yourself, which is essential Man. as an empath. You got to recharge. Ugh. I know you don't <laughs> like bugs, but nature is really good
1: for that. <laughs> um, maybe maybe just not like in the woods, like where they are the big bugs. Right. No, I can I, do the little can, tiny ones, right. but I can't do the big flying
2: ones like in your yeah. face. <laughs> Meditation, you know, here I used to be that person like what the hell is breathing going to do for me? That's what I, I, even when it comes to manifestation, I'm like, what is that going to do for me? Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's the thing. We come into the world with breath. We Mm -hmm. leave the world with breath. And there's a lot of science that shows that when you're being mindful of the breath that you're taking in, that you're being mindful of, you know, what's around you, that it helps with cardiovascular. It helps with, you know, your your heart rate. It helps with anxiety. But more so, it allows you to listen Mm -hmm. because we're so busy with like distractions, distractions, social media, Instagram, people around you, take, 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 take. you have to create space for yourself to be able to listen, whether that's listening to your higher self, listening to, you know, whatever you believe in, source, Mm -hmm. God, your spirit guides. And sometimes that's just a way to just slow down for a second in a world that's constantly sped up. And so meditation can be a really great way for healers, for empaths, just to kind of like slow down and recharge the energy. Energy, but also doing things that you find joy in mm-hmm. what what intrinsically motivates you and when I say intrinsic we have like intrinsic motivation and we have extrinsic mm-hmm. so extrinsic is like you have to go to your job because you got to pay the bills mm-hmm. you I want do. the health insurance right yeah. <laughs> intrinsic motivation is what a, what you're doing right now you're mm-hmm. doing this podcast because you enjoy talking to people you mm-hmm. enjoy learning you enjoy what you're getting out of it so that motivates you to continue to want to do more of this Yeah. so you have to find ways to do more things that intrinsically motivate you to fill your cup because Mm -hmm. if you're constantly if you're starting your cup off full Mm -hmm. every day but the first thing you do is open your phone you're you're literally exposing your energy to the world the first thing that you do when you wake up so here's a little bit out of your cup now someone's hey ayana i need this from you i need that from you here's a little bit more out of your cup and take 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 so you're pouring out, pouring out. At the end of the day, if you only have a little bit left in your cup and you're doing nothing to refill that cup, you're going to feel drained. You're going to yeah. feel overwhelmed. And to add to that, everything is energy. Yes. We know that energy is measurable. The way that we're talking right now is through energy. Have you ever met someone where like, you just don't know them, but you're like, I don't know what it is about this person. I just get bad vibes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's that's vibrations. Like you're picking up on a lower vibration than maybe where you're at. And you just kind of feel that. Vibrations are very real. So if you're always around that, which as a healer, as an empath, you probably are going to attract people and relationships sometimes that they need healing. Mm -hmm. And you may feel as a healer like, oh, I can... I can fix that person. Or you're just so compassionate that you're so understanding of why they are the way that they are (gasps) that you naturally want to help them. But that kind of takes away some of your energy. So boundaries is another thing for empaths. you got to have good boundaries. Yeah. Again, just having those tools in your toolbox, being aware that you are sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. And you may have to be particular about the people that you allow into your life, the relationships that you allow into your life, or just have tools to refill your cup.
1: Yes. That is so important for me. I've learned so much of that over the years. And I feel like I got really serious about that kind of around like the pandemic time when When everything was forced to shed. Yeah, when I was forced to shed. But Mm -hmm. I was I really took that time to do like some inner work and Mm. I looked at the people that I had around me and I was like, I don't know like if this is a reflection of who I see myself as. Like Mm. I don't know if these connections are necessarily what I would want to portray like yeah. as myself like just thinking about like the idea of like you are the company that you keep and you want to be around people who fill your cup just as much as you feel theirs mm-hmm. and like when i did went through that shedding period as hard as it was the people that came back to me like mm-hmm. that i didn't know that i needed and i was just like oh my gosh i didn't even know friendship looked like this yeah. all the way like i had like two really great friends like one of them is my cousin <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the other one is my best friend from from um high school we went to high school together and then college but like other than that it was just like did you lose friends do you felt like when oh, you started going through that like mm-hmm. did you I lose lost friends everybody Same. like a lot of friends um it started the The change started with me like leaving my last relationship and then that kind of helped to up my standards to realize like I've been really lowballing myself Mm -hmm. and I've been allowing so many people to have access to me that Mm -hmm. don't deserve Mm -hmm. me and they don't deserve my spirit. And because I'm an empath and because I'm sensitive and all of that, I have to be so particular to make sure that I'm safe, you know. Like I have to protect my energy and protect my heart. So, but yeah, I I lost a lot of like friendships and people that I thought were going to be around like forever. And so it's it's crazy. And even to this day is something that I have to like, process with like every once in a while I'll sit around and think about it like wow like mm-hmm. that's wild like that's crazy i, like, what are you right now, I, I know think, i think
2: covid forced people to slow down oh, for the did. first time and a did. lot of people started evaluating their happiness like i went through the same thing there were people in my life who i was so hurt because of how things ended up or how they ghosted me or how they you know, just completely made their exit. And for me, I'm like, damn, can I at least get a conversation? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm deserving of those things. But then I had to think about it from a different perspective. The universe is guiding people away from me that don't belong in my life. And some people, they will be there for a chapter of that book. They're just not meant to be there their entire book, but they may play their purpose, whether Mm -hmm. it's like learning lessons from that person or learning lessons about yourself. In your case, you learned lessons about yourself. Mm -hmm. I need to protect my peace. I need to protect my energy. And had you have not gone through some of those friendships, you may not be the person you are today. Like I went through, you know, abusive situations. I was in like some really nasty, toxic relationships. I had some friendships that were just take, take, take. And I look back at it, and as hurtful as it was, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I went man. through those journeys because now, look, I get to meet people like you guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. naturally meeting people that you're
0: more aligned with, yes. yeah, and yeah.
2: who appreciate my energy yes. and yeah. and who are like I tend to get along with people who are more empathic because yeah. they actually know how to communicate.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> <Heavy> <laughs> no, that's that. so true. Oh, when man. you know how to communicate, it's it's actually really <sighs> difficult. Yes.
2: to to. Uh, to have someone close to you who doesn't know how.
0: It, it, it's, it's,
2: it's attractive, too. Like, especially when it's the other person. Like, I think we talked about this. Emotional intelligence it's is so, so attractive. attractive. I Need can't it. remember what I said, but, emo- oh, emotional vulnerability does not equate to emotional availability. Yes. And it's so true. Oh, yes. Sorry.
0: It's like my brain took a second to process, <laughs> to process it. Yes. Like it <laughs> yes. Yes. That is so. Okay. Okay. Random question. Random question, because my brain's doing things. Um... <laughs> For those because uh, I'm sure some people – I hear the term empath all the time. Mm-hmm. But what truly is an empath and what separates an empath from just someone who can be
2: mm-hmm. naturally sympathetic? Okay. So I'm going to give the clinical answer and I'm going to also kind of tie in you know, the spiritual part. Because I think okay. a lot of people, they hear empath and they think that's like just some spiritual mumbo jumbo. Yeah. But – in clinical terms, we call it a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody who doesn't just connect on, you know, like, oh, I feel sorry for you. Oh, you lost your mom. I'm so sorry. No, this is someone who you can usually pick up on the feelings of others. And sometimes when we look back to childhood, and this is not always the case, but oftentimes, if somebody was exposed to a chronically stressful situation, whether it's trauma toxicity in the home, where their nervous system, that fight or flight system, that Mm -hmm. tells us either we're going to fight to survive or we're going to flee, right? If that nervous system is constantly activated, you know, for a kid, obviously, like, it's not like someone's attacking you. But if you're chronically stressed out, your nervous system is trying to protect you. So Mm -hmm. you're going to do what you can to survive. Mm -hmm. Survival as a child who's in a chronically stressful situation or trauma might look like are they stepping in the house hard? Are they? Are they? There's their tone of voice. Is it? Is you start it? Start to
0: pick up on all the, right. small. the little things.
2: Right. Are they? How is their face looking? Mm-hmm. How are their facial expressions? Are they walking towards me fast? Are they? So you will pick up on those little teeny tiny cues that other people may not pick up on. So yeah. now you take this into years and years of young adulthood, and yeah. you take this into relationships. This may now look like someone. Picking up on the smaller things that someone typically wouldn't pay attention to. How are they texting me? Oh, they haven't, they texted in this way, or they spoke to me in this way, or they typically speak to me in this tone of fashion, but now something's off. Mm -hmm. So you may be picking up on subtle cues that other people are not, sometimes to your benefit. Again, because that nervous system, if that's how you were shown love, or you associated an activated nervous system with love, that may now look like going into relationships that are a little toxic, yeah. you know, or maybe it's like, oh, I feel those butterflies, you know, but that actually is your nervous system that's activating, that's kind of telling you oh, wow. something's off. Oh, and then sometimes good. you oh, may wow. find when you meet a stable person, not always, but sometimes you may find you meet someone stable, they're not activating that nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's just something about him. I, th- I think he's just a little boring.
0: Oh my God. Look, we've talked about yeah. this. We've we talked about We constantly have
1: this conversation mm-hmm. because there's a huge shift. What? Mm-hmm. That was, that was the hardest transition for me when me and my fiance connected because of the fact he was so stable and I was like,
2: it's so different. <laughs> what yes. is going on? Mm-hmm.
1: And I literally went to counseling because I was like, I cannot mess this up. This is a good man. Yeah. And I'm going to the screw good it. A good man, Savannah. <laughs> right? It's a good <laughs> man. I was like, I'm going to screw this up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I am so used to being in toxic relationships mm-hmm. where I my feelings are a roller coaster yes. up and down, up and down constantly. Yeah. Then now yeah. that I have a stable emotion. It feels off. I'm like,
2: well, not only with that, it's not just the nervous system. Our brain literally rewires itself when you're in an abusive or toxic situation. Because when you're with somebody who's triggering the dopamine and the oxytocin yeah. and all of those neurotransmitters that are like, you know, that reward system in the brain. So when somebody is, you know, giving you all of this love and flooding you or love bombing you and doing all these things, it feels good. But then if it's all of a sudden maybe take, it's taken away – it's like you don't. You're not getting that flood of dopamine, and, but then it's being given to you all of a sudden. It's like dangling the carrot again, yeah. and that flood of dopamine comes back. So it literally toxic situations literally become addicting.
0: It makes me think about um, these are extreme situations, but it makes me think about people who end up in like things like Colton and and uh, like tear like the even. I'm in Chicago, but even like the R. Kelly victims <laughs> yes. and people are like, how could they like, mm-hmm. but it's people don't understand the power of manipulation yes. and what that actually, and no one thinks about the brain chemistry that's involved. Like it's literally mm-hmm. altering mm-hmm. things for mm-hmm. you.
2: Not only that, but like no one goes into a, an abusive or toxic situation Thinking being like, like, that's my guy exactly. from the beginning. This is happening subtly, like yeah. subtle things that are being done and, and dripped in over time. Yeah. And then by the time you actually realize like, oh shit, I've lost my friends. Or you know I'm in this toxic situation. It becomes that much harder to get out of. Mm-hmm. I mean, if every, if it was that easy to leave an abusive or toxic situation, nobody would be in one. No, There'd be a lot of more leave. dead
1: men. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, for sure. Everybody <laughs> <Sorry>. would leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. Not that and easy. and then when you look up and you realize that you've lost yourself, so you don't even have necessarily the same it. type of emotional. Intelligence that you had at the beginning to know that this is bad. You know, Mm -hmm. it it takes a lot of times outsiders constantly telling you this is bad, this is bad, for it to start to sink in. And then you realize, like, oh, this doesn't actually feel good. Like, this sucks. And even then. Yeah.
2: And then sometimes, too, like, you know, if, if you're with a person who is abusive or manipulative or, you know, a narcissistic relationship, that's kind of what they want. Yeah. You know, they want to keep you in that cycle. And mm-hmm. they do little things like that to keep you in that cycle of abuse. They don't want outsiders in the relationship. Mm-hmm. They want to keep you as sucked in as possible. Mm-hmm. So you continue to feed their supply and what yep. they need with their ego. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately you have to get to a place. And I'm, I'm by no means saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's the victim's fault or they need to do something. Because sometimes, you know, finances, kids, like there's so many things that can keep people in these relationships, but you have to get to a point where you take your own healing as Mm. like a priority. Yeah. Because even if you get out of the relationship, or the situation, it's your responsibility to heal. You have to say and make a decision like, I'm going to put myself first, my healing first. And that might mean I got to take some responsibility into my own healing, whether that's like learning about your attachment style, learning about your your behaviors and traits and why you do things that that you do, therapy, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy. Sometimes people are not ready for that.
0: People no. don't like to look at the Shoot, I didn't like to look at myself in the
1: mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. It's the hardest thing because mm-hmm. you have to get very real with yourself. And yeah. a lot of times it requires you, like we were just kind of having this conversation, but it requires you to sink to a, another level of rock bottom than mm-hmm. what you might already be at. And it's dark and it's scary to hit that space. But I like I always say, and I, I try to tell this to anybody who's going through that, is that when you hit rock bottom you know that that's when you're about to go to the next level. A breakthrough comes very soon after rock bottom if you take it seriously. Mm, So if you know that Mm -hmm. you want to grow and you hit rock bottom, it's something positive coming out of that. How
0: do you know you're at rock bottom? Because I know you won't feel, feel good. Yeah, you'll good. feel it. <laughs> okay, so I've, I haven't felt good for majority of my life. So that's why mm-hmm. when I kept going lower and lower, I was like, okay, at what point am I going to hit rock bottom? And I don't think it, it helps that like in a lot of those situations, shame is such a heavy emotion. Yes. And no one talks about how hard it is to just forgive yourself mm-hmm. from all those things. Because I know simply forgiving myself was standing in the way of like my healing for a lot for a long time Mm -hmm. and then eventually I I realized like give yourself some grace and at that
2: point is when I started to come up finally elevate Yeah. when you're facing that stuff like sometimes you're facing shit that you haven't faced in In, your entire life (laughs) so that if if you're constantly kind of brushing things under the rug I mean because think about it trauma That doesn't feel good. So what do we do? We avoid. We avoid anything that makes us feel like crap. Nobody wants to feel like sad every single day. But that's why some people use drugs and they use alcohol. They Mm -hmm. use things to mask. Sometimes people will get into toxic relationships to mask their pain from, you know, whatever they went through as a child. There's so many things that we do because we're human and we Mm -hmm. don't want to feel those things. And so if you're feeling those things and it's uncomfortable, it's normal. But you also have to make sure that, like, you're setting yourself up for success. Which Mm -hmm. means that, you know, do you have someone you can go to when you're having these feelings? Do Mm -hmm. you have someone that can process these feelings with you, like a therapist? Like, what do you have in your toolbox to make sure you're not spiraling down that cycle? And that's part of the healing journey. It took me decades. Well, clearly, I'm only (laughs) 20-something. But but it
0: took me decades to (laughs) I'm still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still doing it. And it's always a relearning process. Yeah, Yeah. it's ongoing. I remember um, shortly after my... Uh, sexual assault, I was definitely like piling things on as far as like how to cope. And there was a, a long period of time where I was like over-sexualized and I thought I was fine. I, I, no one talks about that. No one's t- People assume that like a lot of sexual assault victims like go straight into like don't touch me. Mm-hmm. But I went to full-blown over-sexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started re- like basically re-traumatizing myself. And then there was more trauma added on because of the way that I was coping. And eventually I had to get to a point of like forgiving myself for all of that and then trying to move forward. But it's the shame
2: portion too. It's the shame. But then it's society that tells us that, well, you're a woman, you're you're supposed to be a good girl. You're not supposed to do all this. I had one guy that I went on a, a podcast and the question that he asked me really bothered me. He said something about you know, as a woman, do you feel like your market value goes down? Your market Market value. value. I'm like, what? Come again? If you sleep with multiple people, I'm like, okay, let's back this up. Right. Mark. So, are you are you placed? Am I an item at a store? Right. And and why and why is it that a woman's quote unquote market value goes down if she chooses to sleep with? Multiple people, but a man's doesn't, and then you Mm. see all this like masculine versus feminine, and and you know you're as a woman, you should be within your divine feminine, and that means being submissive and this and that. You like, I'm like, come on, you know, there's no black or white, but society tells us we're supposed to be one way, and so it's of course women are feeling shame, yeah, and then you throw in a sexual assault in the mix, and it's like now you don't even know what is supposed to be normal for you, man. And it's so confusing. It's like, well, am I not supposed to be sexual? Am I supposed to be sexual? And I think, too, it's a level of like, okay, I want intimacy. But finding that intimate connection with someone is even harder nowadays, Mm -hmm. too. So it's like layer after layer. Yeah. You know, it's hard. The
1: hardest part is like getting out of your head, Mm. you know? Like, for me, I found that it was the getting out of my head thing. That, when
0: you say getting out of your head.
1: Like, in sexual experiences, oh, constantly like just living in my head. Like, oh, not yeah. being in the moment because of previous experiences. I can't just, like, like release be and be present. Mm-hmm. Like, just be there. Yeah. So, that part is just... That is a lingering effect that I have found that it just, like... Were you ever in a place
2: where or with a partner that you felt completely free and mm-hmm. what was that shift for you? How did that, what was what how was it different than before?
1: I think that the, the main thing is like the person, like when I was with a partner that I felt completely free with, it was, it just felt very mutual. Like there was mutual love, mutual respect, mutual, just everything. Like nothing felt pressured, nothing mm-hmm. felt anything like that. And then, Going into a situation where like people were not necessarily like, you know, like you have to do X, Y, and Z, but saying little things to hint Mm. towards you that you don't really have a choice. Like we're going to have sex right now Mm -hmm. and, or this, like this or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so then when you have those experiences so much, like I, like my previous relationship was like that, where I felt a lot of times like. I kinda had to. Mm. Like even if he didn't say like you have to, or it didn't look like necessarily throwing me on the bed like you're doing this right now. Mm. But it's just a situation of like like dang, like I don't really feel like I have a choice here. Because if you didn't, there would be a whole issue. Yeah, there would be an issue, or there would be like I've been in that before. Like, Actually, oh, I'm gonna luck. I'm gonna leave if you don't. Yeah. You know? Mm. So level of pressure. Yeah, yeah. so it's mm. like so even though it's not in the physical aggressive way, it's in the way that like your words are aggressive, like you're not creating a mutual space for the two of us here. Yeah. I feel
2: like it's all an act like this, like sex in general, it's so much of a performance for so many people. Yeah. And I think because like we have, you know, the porn industry that's so accessible now and a lot of people are learning from that and it's yeah. not realistic. And so yeah. it, it's crazy how there's such a, a high percentage of women that have never even achieved I, orgasm. I and I'm Wild. like, what? Yeah. And, and men think that there's certain things that they should be doing that are pleasurable. And then some women are either not speaking up or they're doing things that they think will be pleasurable for yeah. their man. But then they're not doing anything to be able to have the pleasure for themselves. So it's like this dynamic of sex yeah. is like a performance for people. Yeah. And I think, too, then you throw in the fact that if you have like a sexual assault or you have that background, it becomes even more difficult to have like open lines of communication. I agree. so hard.
0: I agree. It's a tough thing i know uh sex has been an issue in majority of my relationships because mm-hmm. i would go through this period of like in the beginning i'd be hyper-sexualized and then like after like two months and it just like died down That's, and have no sex drive at all. Mm, Isn't that crazy? No yes. sex drive at all and then it would always be an issue of like well you're not initiating enough or you. and I'm like because I don't have a desire like I'm literally not even thinking about it mm-hmm. um, and I would feel this pressure to have to have sex in order to appease them um, not like they were were again like not like they were like you have to yeah. but like I knew there were going to be some issues because um, I know in one of my relationships he was like because I said I wanted to abstain for a bit and he was like don't
1: do this to me
0: mm-hmm.
2: and just like made it and I was like okay like okay do you feel like you're turned on in other ways though because like for me it's not just about the act itself like it's I, need to, I need to I need to have that intimacy that emotional like what are you doing to like so emotionally important. engage and I didn't realize that most guys didn't yeah. know how
0: to do that or weren't but I mean now that I'm older and I know exactly what I'm looking for I know what to look for and I know how to enjoy it it's <laughs> okay it's so hard like
2: <laughs> I, we were talking before the show like I can't even find a date relationships these days (laughs) it's so hard to date in 2023 i feel like like we're so we're so connected but we're so disconnected yes Mm -hmm. and i can't even find someone that i'm like Like connected in the wrong
0: way yes that's the issue (laughs) that's (laughs) That's
1: what it is that's what it really is it is there's there is a lack of like desirability Mm -hmm. that i think that people have like thinking about like my grandparents and whatnot, like they couldn't just get on the phone and see what the person is posting and what they're doing. Like you actually had... Like, space to wonder about the person. Like, yeah. you you were building something because when you saw each other, it was special. And mm-hmm. now, people have so much access.
2: Yes. That it's just... the a paradox of choice. Yeah. When you have too much choice, people have a harder time choosing. choosing. Mm-hmm. So, you live in a swipe left, swipe right generation. It mm-hmm. is so easy to just be like, nope, nope, nope. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And then... It never goes anywhere. Like if you've ever matched with someone, if you're on Bumble or Tinder, one of those websites, sometimes you match and they don't even say anything. Yeah. It's like, look, I do. I'm <laughs> one of those people. I'll be on there matching. and I'm like, I don't feel like that. Yeah. I, I change my mind sometimes because then I like really look and I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Or if they message me like, oh, hey babe, or hey, yeah. angel, I'm like, no, I'm done. you' we not doing
0: that. <laughs> I also think there's this huge divide between like men and women right now with people. Go, oh, this is how women should be this is high value man like there's just so much division I'm like what's happening I think people forget that like some things aren't gender
1: based they're just people in it's general people
0: based mm-hmm. like what yeah
1: I know I saw someone post um this girl that I knew from college she posted about um the fact that like a lot of people emphasize that women are the prize but yeah. don't emphasize the fact that men are prizes as well in yeah. terms of like just as much as like women can upgrade a man's life, a man that can love you the right way can upgrade your life as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of to- like we've gotten into this, it is so bad with like seeing um, these images of women getting flown out to all of these, you know, <laughs> private islands and you mm-hmm. have a Who thousand-
0: I don't, what? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody what but I'm
1: saying that you're compar- people are comparing themselves right. to like celebrities. Social media. Yeah, man. yeah that's what I'm saying. It's and so then they're like, place. oh no, well he gotta fly me out and he gotta mm-hmm. get me a thousand roses in yeah. my living room when I wake up and all of this other stuff and it's like that's not achievable women okay i i
2: sometimes i get backlash on this but i feel like women are part of the problem it's not just men i agree like you have to take some okay you you can say oh yeah i want a six-pack man that's six foot three and has this and makes this amount of money but a what are you bringing to the table and b you're looking for a very small fraction of men that are available or probably married or so you're gonna be single for a long time Mm -hmm. if that's the only types of men that you will date. I had to open my repertoire. I, I can't just date, you know, black men or white men. Now, now I'm looking. I some of the Asian men looking good. The, <laughs> like the the hunt. The, the there's some show on Netflix. All these like Korean. Oh, oh my god, those yes. Korean men. I'm they like, like hold out. on a second now. They, a they are looking good. So I have to open my <laughs> repertoire of the types of guys that you know I will you know date. And I think that too many women get so fixated on yeah. I'm only going to date this type of person. And men too. And yeah. we're living in a society that everybody's just you know single there's no strong connections and for me I just like my biggest thing I just wanted to learn you know who I am as a person what am I looking for and I know what I'm not looking for yes and until I meet that person that adds value to my life I'm gonna keep it moving yeah I love that yeah look
0: I'm living by that motto now too
2: because I'm a single gal I love that
0: (laughs) I love that for me yes um well I love how we we went on so many tangents and didn't even talk about what we were (laughs) planning about. But it was so good. It was so good, though. This was really insightful and just really fun to talk about, guys. Yeah. I loved all of this. So you mentioned things like love bombing, gaslighting, and these are terms that we're hearing all over the yes. place now, yes, um, and it makes me wonder if anyone's actually using it correctly. So, if you will, kind of talk about re- really both of those things, or any other red flags, and and actually talk about the true definition of them, because I don't know mm-hmm. what's
2: going on. So, we do. We hear the term love bombing and gaslighting. It's all over the internet, and it's not that those things don't don't exist or yeah. that they're not true. But I think that sometimes we're using them a little bit out of context. Mm-hmm. So. You know, first of all, I think people are associating with narcissistic personality disorder. We hear, like, oh, he's a narcissist or mm-hmm. she's a narcissist. And everyone has narcissistic traits. Guess, yes. All of us yes. do mm-hmm. on some level. But there are some people who are very high on the spectrum. And there's a very, very small percentage of people who actually meet criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to red flags on what to look for, now the love bombing. So, love bombing is like when someone's coming at you super hard super quick and typically the reason why they're doing that or why they're doing that is because they're trying to kind of get you sucked in very quickly Mm -hmm. and they want you to fall hard so that way the quicker they get you in they can kind of keep you in here's the difference we live in a society with disney and movies and all of these shows that are like we want the romance Mm -hmm. and we want to be like wind and dine and we want someone to be super romantic and that's fine But if you're meeting someone on date one, day two, date three, and they're telling you, like, I want to take you future faking to Paris. I can't wait to meet your parents. You're going to be amazing. There's a new show that I'm watching on Netflix and one of the guys, as nice as he seems, he moves super quick. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of this show. Was it on
0: perfect match?
2: Yes, perfect You're match. talking about Dom. I feel yeah. like you're talking about it's Dom. Dom. You know, I'm sorry, Dom, if you're listening I don't know <laughs> you. Me, but, but on the show, like, he's moving super, super <laughs> quick. And to yeah. me, that's a good example of kind of what love bombing can look like. Yeah. You know, I love you. You're my soulmate. You're this. Yeah. You're that. And to me, that is a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time to get to know someone. If yeah. someone is coming at you that hard, you need to pump the brakes mm-hmm. and take your time because you don't know that person. Mm-hmm. And the difference between – there are situations where someone can – Genuinely be interested in you, and maybe they move a little fast. Yeah, it, it, they might still have good intentions, but yeah. with love bombing, it's manipulative. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying to get information in order to use that against you later. They're trying to get you sucked up. It's, it's sucked in. It's more manipulative. Yeah, and then we hear the term gaslighting. Gaslighting is something that happens when someone is really trying to make you question your own reality. And you may find a number in your spouse's phone, and then they're like, "No, like that's my that's my sister. That's why you got daddy issues. This is you're doing this because you have issues from your last relationship. Mm. I'm not him." Mm -hmm. They will say things to twist and contort your own reality to the point where you want to make like it makes you want to bang your head against the the door, and you feel like yeah. Is it me? Why did I I say that? Am I going crazy? Yeah, and that's what it feels like, and so. If you're in a situation, especially early on, and, you know, you may bring up something that bothers you and that person gaslights you or tries to twist it and turn it, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. If they're going too fast, that's a red flag. If they can't communicate and have a simple conversation,
1: that is a red
2: flag. <laughs> that is a red flag waving in your face because Hello. if mm-hmm. even if they may not be a terrible person, but if they just have more of an avoidant attachment style, meaning that they don't really want to have that into intimacy and closeness and have those conversations and they may kind of run from that. Mm -hmm. You can't have a healthy relationship if you don't have a good foundation to communicate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when things happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people when they see these red flags, they ignore them because they have that dopamine going, they feel Mm -hmm. the butterflies. But he does this and he does that or she does this and she does that. So I'll kind of stick around and see where things go. And then you end up getting so attached mm-hmm. that by the time it becomes like in your face, it's so much harder to leave. Yeah. yeah. And so I always tell people just get clear on what you want. Yeah. Because if you can't get clear on what you want in a relationship mm-hmm. with other other people, how can you get clear with yourself and yeah. know what you want to attract? So. Right. Say like, okay, I'm looking for this this type of person and this type of person. I want this type of relationship. And if this person does not meet those requirements for you, you have to get comfortable with walking away in order to have long-term happiness. Yep. Sometimes it's going to feel like shit for for a couple days, for a couple weeks. And you have to be okay with accepting the fact that I'm going to feel bad for a little bit because I did care about this person where I had high hopes. But you can't fall in love with potential.
1: Yes. Ever. Yes. Believe someone. When (laughs) they show you who they
2: are or even tell you what they're looking for, believe them. If they say, Well, I just wanna go with the flow. Okay, Mm -hmm. that means they may not give you what you want. Mm -hmm. If you want a relationship, believe them. Don't try to change their mind. Mm -hmm. You you deal with what you're dealing with in the moment. Be clear with what you want with yourself. Be comfortable with walking away. But those red flags are always there in the beginning. And sometimes they're not going to be bright because sometimes people are very manipulative. And it might be like a little yellow flag. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. Like I look back at some of my relationships. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Red flag, red flag, mm-hmm. yellow flag, red flag. Mm-hmm. And I would have saved myself a lot of years of of <laughs> heartache if I would have paid attention. But we live and we learn. Yeah. We do. Right? We
0: live and we learn. Yeah. We're yeah. growing beings. We are. That's what I
1: keep telling myself. Yeah.
2: We're spiritual beings living a human existence. Man. Yes. <laughs> we
1: yeah. are having a human experience. Yes. Yes. like <laughs> That is really it. But that was really good how you summed We're that up because I think that- People, like you said, like they throw those terms around so much and Mm -hmm. it's something that we hear quite a bit, but I don't know if people fully understand the definitions of the Mm -hmm. words that they're utilizing or knowing how to identify those things Mm -hmm. fully when they show up in their lives. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And at the end of the day, even if it you don't have to put a definition on things. If if it doesn't feel good for you, then that's what you need to listen to. Yeah. If, if you feel drained around someone, if you can't communicate with someone, if it doesn't feel good, then that's something to pay attention to. Yeah. And you just gotta get comfortable with that and being like, you know what, I'm not liking this and you can express yourself, and if that per- that person doesn't have to do anything, they don't owe you anything. Yeah, it's, that was a lesson. It's for a myself lesson too mm-hmm. it, that for, they technically don't have to do anything. Facts, they don't. All. And like that for me, when I like, I had to come to a realization that I can't force anyone to be the person I want them to be. Yes, they're either going to show up or they're not. Yes. and then I have to make I have to uphold the boundary. It's yeah. not up to them. I have to say, okay, well, that's my boundary. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. Yep.
1: Because they'll continue to cross it. It, Like people will not to, but people will do what you allow them to do. So if you Mm -hmm. stay in that situation and you let them know that the thing that they did back then was okay because you stayed and you stuck it out and like, okay, let's give them another chance. And then they keep doing the same thing and you keep letting them do it. It's like you're showing them that that behavior for you is okay. It's Mm -hmm. not really crossing a boundary because what happen when they did it. You yeah. got upset, went off for a little bit, and then what?
0: I think people forget that they have the power of choice. They mm-hmm. do, um, yeah, and the power of action, saying mm-hmm. no, yeah. No. But I know a lot of women struggle with saying no. And
2: mm-hmm. mind you, we're not talking about abusive situations because yeah. that's a whole other level that's of conversation. Nother- so let's put that out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other yes. level. So you know, we understand there are situations where you don't have a lot of options and choices. But I think you know the point that we're trying to get at mm-hmm. is that you know we do have. There, there comes a point where you have to take responsibility for your boundaries and your healing because yeah. we do teach people how to treat us yeah so
0: yeah that was a hard lesson for me
2: me too yeah. Ooh,
0: me, i got me it three i got it, <laughs> I got it now like, yeah I got it. okay well that no that was that was all good that mm-hmm. was really good mm-hmm. okay well now i, I just want to ask like what's next for you because you have the podcast going you have your mental
2: health professional mm-hmm. like what
0: what else are you are we adding anything else here to the point oh god
2: i should i i need to <laughs> not need to add like, anything else i know <laughs> we're adding but knowing me i probably will find other things to add because that's my trauma i'm like a perfectionist <laughs> so i'm all, i don't all know what's next i personally want to see my podcast like number one yeah, you know I would love to have you guys yeah. as my competition because here's the thing like there's not a lot of women who are dominating the podcast game mm-hmm. when it comes to the self-help type yes. of mm-hmm. you know which subjects That's
0: crazy to me yes.
2: we have like the Call Her Daddy podcast and those bigger yeah. podcasts which are yeah. great but you know we have the Jay Shettys and the Stephen Bartlett's and they're doing great but I would love to see you know more women empowerment yeah, um, but more so and we were talking about this before um, more podcasters who have a genuine curiosity for humans and have a genuine curiosity to help mm-hmm. yes. and who do it from an ethical standpoint. Yes. And that's Heavy what I love the about ethical. your show. Yes. Yes. The ethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about this show and, and why I'm so grateful even to be a part of this and be a part of your journey is because I know you guys both come from a standpoint that you, you really have a curiosity mm-hmm. of you know, helping other people and you want to see other people do good, which is what we need. That vulnerability is going to take you guys so far. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for myself. I don't know where it's going to lead because it is a lot of work, but I do know that I'm a healer. So whatever I end up doing, it's going to be helping in some capacity. But I try to stay open because when I... 10 years ago, I thought, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And look mm. where I'm at now. Yeah. I, I never thought in a million years I would be you know, sitting here with people like you doing what I'm doing. So yeah. um, I'm oh, grateful for life. the experience. But I will say this. Mm. Try to stay in the moment because yes. I have a hard Ooh. time doing that. And sometimes we always think, like, if we just get here – I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. If I get the house, I'll be happy. If I get to show 75, I'll be happy. But we never stop to actually enjoy the process. So try to stay in the moment. I was just talking
1: to Asia about that actually on the phone today and I was saying how like, we were talking to our other um, best friend and we were talking about how a lot of times we forget the miracles that have been done in our life because we're so focused on getting to the next thing yes. like right in front of our face the things the very things that we've prayed for that we've worked hard to achieve we have them and then they pass us and then we're just like oh, okay well it's not that big of a deal because you've done it now but you have to look and be grateful and be appreciative for all the little miracles that happen like every single day
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. one day you're going to miss school Oh. you're gonna
1: look back. Oh, I wanna I, you see don't that. Think day. So. There's she gonna said, be times you're gonna what? be like, I kinda miss it. <laughs> because honestly, I never thought that I would ever be back in school. I was that kid in undergrad that was like, I'll never go back to school. Mm-hmm. And then and I, I ended up you. in my mm-hmm. masters program, How which old is are you? wild, twenty seven. Oh,
2: I think I was your age when I when I did it. And I had my, my daughter. Yeah, oh, wow. So, I am always yeah.
1: amazed by people. Yeah. I have people in my cohort that have children while doing this, and I'm like, I am stressed. <laughs> My own she used to come with me sometimes and oh. like I would
2: even have my little
1: UCF parties and <laughs> she
2: was there. She'd come with me to the games and everything. Oh. And she became like part of the crew. Oh, but so I, I look back and I'm like, I miss it sometimes. I miss the relationships yeah that I made. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, try to stay present. You'll Ooh, miss it one I'm day. Trying. Like, you'll trying. miss it one day. Hang Susan's, in there.
1: Keep telling yourself. Put that on a sticky note. I think what I'll miss about this moment that I think that won't ever happen again is like some of the simplicity that I have in my day-to-day like work life. Like, even though I don't always enjoy going into my job, when I get there, it is pretty simplistic. I have a pretty like laid-back job that isn't super demanding. And mm-hmm. I feel that I'm growing out of that space. And so when I look back on it, I can see myself being like, dang, like. That was a way more simplistic time. Like, I feel like I'm about to get into an era of hard work and discipline and all of that. And I, for the past like four years, I've been. Like blessed enough, lucky enough to have so much support to be able to like sustain during this time of being in grad school. So mm-hmm. I can say that might be the part that I miss the schoolwork. Not yeah. so much. Not Sim- so Simplicity's much. Simplicity but-
2: is a blessing. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you something. I can't remember the last last time my life was like more simplistic. There's always something on my calendar. Yeah. And yeah, it, it it definitely simplicity is a is a beautiful thing. Enjoy it now. Yeah. But the great thing is though too delayed gratification. Sometimes when you're you have to delay that. Grat- gratification and have that work in order to have, you know, your goals that you're setting for yourself. You guys are on your way. I'm so proud of both of you. I've, I've watched you guys like grow this (laughs) podcast and I see the way that you talk about it. And I see the types of things that you talk about and the guests that you have. And you, you're both very vulnerable. And I think that's something that we don't see in a lot of podcasts. And I say that truly from the heart because I listen to other podcasts Mm -hmm. and you guys are going to go so far. I'm just proud of both of you.
1: you. That means so much, seriously, especially coming from you and like, all the help and support did we say that did we tell the story of how she helped us with the audio that everybody bullied (laughs) us about when we were getting bullied she is the reason why our audio sounds better yeah she she gave us the tips of what to do and we were able to fix it and that's something that is like really hard to find because when you're in an industry where a lot of people are like doing the same thing Mm -hmm. it's it's hard for people to, like, lend out a helping hand yes. and be yeah. able to be like, here, I'll help you. Like, I've been there. I get it, you know? So having that type of support and being, like, just, like, that sense of community, that mm-hmm. that is... So fulfilling, and like I'm very grateful that we were able to find that in like building a connection with you. Yes, yes. we're not
2: competitors; we are aligned. We yeah, are here for each on. other. That's come it. On. Yes. Oh, God, don't even oh, me start you. on I'm so, that, I'm that. So I'm right. so grateful to just like connect with both of you, and um, that makes my heart happy. You guys are both like beautiful souls, oh, and I just wish both of you all the best. You're thank gonna go far. You I as know You
0: as well. well. Yeah. Thank you. You. I hope so. <laughs> we're all going.
2: We're to, gonna yes. be at we're the top. We're going to the top. That's part of the affirmations. We are going to succeed. Look, she yes! already going to yes. <laughs> Wait, we I have to coins. say we are going to succeed. succeed. Yes. Mm. Mm. Do you have another one?
1: <laughs> mm. You're like, I don't have
2: one. <laughs> I'm aligned with my purpose. Oh, I'm, I'm aligned with, with my purpose. purpose.
0: I love that. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> oh, that's it? That was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> I have one, but it's corny. Go Actually, ahead. it's not corny, it's nice. Okay. Go ahead. I deserve fulfilling, yes. respectful, and, and, and loving, loving relationships. I
1: deserve fulfilling, respectful, and loving relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Well, I hope that you guys loved this episode as much as we did because this was like really fulfilling and heartwarming, and I hope that you all were able to like learn and take something from this. So, as usual, you can find us on TikTok Tac-tac. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok at fillin' the blank pod. You can find us on Instagram at fill in the blank underscore YouTube. Of course, so you can see the visuals at fill in the blank podcast. And then you can follow me at as told by Kayla Ayana. At Ayanna and Carice. I am on Instagram at underscore
2: Carice, K-E-R-E-S-S-E underscore. And my podcast, Diary of an Empath.
1: Woo! Yes. Please check out her podcast if you guys haven't already. And we thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.